Welcome to the Lancet Oncology Podcast. I'm Aaron Van Dorn, speaking to you from the Lancet's New York office. Today on the podcast, I discuss treatments for metastatic breast cancer with Dr. Rajenda Badwi, Chief of Breast Surgery at the Tata Memorial Center in Mumbai. So Dr. Badwi, can you tell us a little about the background and rationale for your study? So for years, the conventional wisdom believed that treatment of patients with metastatic disease at presentation did not include any local regional treatment, whereas there were some evidence, evidences from animal experiment that showed that probably removal of primary might bestow a greater metastatic potential or outgrowth of metastases, supporting this conventional view that local regional treatment may not be necessary in patients presenting with metastatic disease. In contrast, there are a lot of retrospective studies in breast cancer that have been done on essentially registry-based data to see if local regional treatment made any difference. And almost all of them, except one or two institutional-based studies, showed that there could be a, an advantage. But all that evidence was retrospective. So there was a true equipoise as far as need for local regional treatment in the form of surgery and radiation in women who presented with metastatic disease. So with that background, we asked this question to compare the effect of local regional treatment with no local regional treatment on outcome in women with metastatic breast cancer at initial presentation. So what were the main findings of your study? What we have found is of the 350 patients who were randomized to either of these arms to receive local regional surgery and radiation versus observation, we find that there is no difference in the overall survival. The median survival was 20.5 months in the no local regional treatment arm versus 19.2 months in local regional treatment arm. So if at all, a 4% excess mortality, which does not reach statistical significance in surgery arm. If that were to be converted into overall survival in the form of percentage, it would be 43% for those who did not receive local regional treatment versus 41.9% in those who received local regional treatment. But essentially, no statistical difference between overall survival, which was our primary endpoint, which finally gets translated into day-to-day practice as, at the moment, patients presenting with metastatic breast cancer who receive systemic treatment as a standard of care world over at the end of standard of care of systemic treatment, whether it is chemotherapy or endocrine therapy, the role of local regional treatment is not there at the moment as a part of standard care. We have reserved local regional treatment only in those patients wherein there is fungation and for palliative purposes, surgeries performed. It could be extrapolated that to prevent such palliation, one might do surgery. But in the observation arm, wherein we did not offer any local regional treatment, the need for such surgery was 10%, indicating that in 90%, there is never a palliative mastectomy required. One interesting finding of your study was that patients randomly assigned to local regional treatment had significantly poorer distant disease-free survival. Can you expand on why patients who receive the local regional treatment might be more susceptible to distant progression events? This finding was in fact anticipated 
based on the animal experiment, wherein majority of the animal experiments have shown that removal of the primary bestowed some kind of growth potential onto distant metastases in all experiments performed in mice. What we think is that there is a huge difference in local-regional control in patients who had local-regional treatment, which was obvious. That means delivery of local-regional treatment was effective in controlling disease locally, as it is seen across all breast cancers. But the surprising finding was that the distant disease-free survival was significantly poor in patients who had local-regional treatment. Now, there could be various explanations that can be given. One is that in a randomized setting, if I find that there is such a difference, there are no biases involved. It could be that removal of primary, in reality, prevents any further elaboration of inhibitory factors that were elaborated earlier when the tumor was in situ, preventing outgrowth of metastases. And when such inhibitory factor is absent, as it was seen in mice experiment run by Fisher and Gunduz long time ago, somewhere in 80s, it could bestow some kind of growth potential on distant metastasis. That could be one explanation. The other explanation could be the act of surgery, removal of the primary itself, could elaborate some growth factors temporarily, albeit, and these, those could have an increased potential of distant metastasis. And there could be a third explanation that actual act of surgery might disseminate fresh cells into circulation and some fresh seedlings might evolve quicker because of their rapidity of growth and that could explain why distant metastasis is higher in these subgroups. How do you think these results might impact treatment decisions in an era of earlier detection of metastases by more sensitive techniques? I don't think I have a straight answer to that but there is no reason why uh, this can't be extrapolated to early detected metastatic disease. If at all, the growth potential of a smaller metastatic focus is much more than the growth potential of a larger metastatic disease. So if there is something elaborated from the primary tumor which is impacting on these seedlings, obviously this would be even more potentiated in microscopic disease or early detected metastatic disease. There is absolutely no reason to believe that early detection of metastases cures patients. No, there is just no difference in behavior. In fact, there are randomized studies of early detection of metastases versus symptomatic detection, and there is no difference in overall survival. So there is no biological difference I would anticipate between smaller metastases versus larger metastases. Can you speak about the impact of maintaining the primary tumor on patient quality of life? That bit uh, has been assessed in 50% of the patients on this trial, and that's not yet analyzed. But I would suggest that anybody who had either pain, fungation, or bleeding, or any reason of anxiety that the tumor was growing faster has had surgical intervention in observation arm, and that percentage is under 10%. So, in majority... 90% of them, they have not had much of impact on quality of life in the observation arm. Although I must say that the exact assessment of quality of life has been done and we are analyzing it, we would come back, come back to you with the results. Is there anything else our listeners should know about your study? There's only one other thing I would like to state, that these are the patients 
great majority in this study have been responders to systemic therapy, which is the majority of the patients who present with metastatic disease. So it is something that can be applied to those who are responders. And great majority of the surgeries today are performed in responders. So aptly, not the correct treatment to be offered. The only difference is that we have not used Herceptin or Trastuzumab in those who are HER2 positive in upfront metastatic treatment. So responders to Herceptin, whether they are suitable for local regional treatment, can't be answered by this study. But it won't be wrong if I were to say that responders to any systemic therapy have not been benefited by local regional treatment, and it wouldn't be any different even if Trastuzumab was used. Well, Dr. Badwi, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you very much, Aaron.